Hello again, all my fabulous listeners, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast, where, as usual, we chat all about the delights of sex, sexuality, and the body. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm always delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society, trans rights, and, of course, my favourite topic of sex. If you like what we do please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise does help keep us all going or if you like please pop over to apple and rate and review if you want to get in touch with the podcast you can dm me on instagram and twitter and at glow west podcast so today we are talking about something that is like a big part of sex and dating but for some reason we don't talk about it as much because well they're not as pleasant sometimes and that is the topic of breakups Something that we all have experience of, whether it's good or bad or a nice friendly breakup. But here to guide us through what a healthy breakup looks like is a returning guest, because I'm absolutely super impressed with her work. She's fantastic. And that is Justine-Anne Fonte, who is a sex educator with eight years of heterosexual dating in New York City as a cis Asian woman with boundaries, compassion and a thesaurus. Since launching her account Goodbyes on Instagram for dating support in January, she's also received requests from followers for non-dating scripts to break up with their therapist, ask for a raise, and draw boundaries when communicating with a racist relative. You can check it out to access the templates, or you can request a customised one for any of your boundary setting needs. And you can also learn more about Justine and her career on her website, justinefonte.com. Justine, thanks again for joining me yet again on the podcast. It's so nice to be back, Dr. West. Oh, it's a good time. And I think we're slightly different topic today, but actually building on the conversations we've had with you before about consent, because boundaries are... and. Breakups are also about consent. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. I think we forget that as painful as breakups are, it's you asserting your boundary of what is and is no longer in service of your well-being. I really like that expression because I think we just think of breakups in terms of trauma or fights or bitterness and stuff. But I think reframing Mm -hmm. it like that just seems really kind and compassionate I think it's a nice way of looking at it yeah agreed I mean it still can be traumatic for sure (laughs) and still have a lot of tension but it also comes with uh, a centering on someone's well-being is not being uh, addressed or served anymore so on that then how how does somebody know when it is time to break up with somebody That's tough. There's um, so many different metrics that um, are going to be unique to the individual, but I think it really has to be you thinking about whether or not you can be free to be yourself. And if you feel constricted or if you feel pressured to do things on a regular basis that is not aligned with your own values. It means that somebody is either asking you to be something you're not or um, asking you to do things that will not make you feel good about yourself. And um, cumulatively, I think people have a good sense of what their instincts and guts are telling them, but may be too afraid to assert what those needs are. And we may sometimes get caught up in relationships Um, that aren't healthy and are perpetuating those ideas of um, 
uh, of, you know, discomfort. Um, and, and then we just stay unhappy. Yeah. For the sake of not, for its sake of being uncomfortable, I suppose it's kind of frustrating in that sense. But so when you are, let's take one particular kind of breakup. So when you are like starting to date someone and you're a couple of weeks in and it's, you know, maybe the honeymoon stage, maybe the sex is really great, you know, as it can be at the start, but you're just actually not really feeling it. So there's not massive investment at that stage, you know, emotionally or anything like that. How do you get to break up with someone then and by saying, I'm just not that into you, I suppose. I suppose you could just say that, but there's a little bit more (laughs) to it. Yeah. And I mean, that's the focus of my Instagram account is really the, the the very beginning stages of a relationship where it's not yet faux pas to not text them a breakup. Um, I don't think I would recommend any of my templates or using um, any of my templates for a text after a one year relationship, a divorce, um, or something that's a lot more long term. But the dating world um, presents itself in a way where there's a lot of short term dating, one date, two date, maybe three dates, and then people deciding to ghost as opposed to ending it in a compassionate yet assertive way. So I think in the situation of like, you know, one to two weeks um, and you're really just not feeling it anymore or vibing with that person or a certain thing was maybe a deal breaker. I think there are ways where you can explain what you enjoyed about your time together while saying what was missing or what was wrong or um, what there wasn't enough of and then wish them well into their future. And I think that's, nice it's also being kind and compassionate but I think there can be a fear for some people of that being interpreted as a rejection and taking it personally or having it be you know a negative aspect of you know that maybe that person who is being you know broken up with doesn't take that well so Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety around a breakup like that definitely and I think that's what complicates consent that people are thinking so much about how another person feels above their own feelings, which then prevents them from asserting their own boundaries in protection of somebody else's, um, you know, wants and desires. And this is, you know, going to take a cultural shift for us to really um, prioritize our own needs um, and, and communicate what those needs are. So yes, absolutely. Someone could you know, be hurt by this rejection, but there's a difference between rejecting someone's behavior and rejecting the entire person and their humanity. Um, But when you are early on in a relationship and you're maybe noticing that a particular behavior is very common with this person, it means that it's not something that you want to be a part of your everyday life. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily rejecting the person's presence in your life. You just don't want the, to maybe date them or be with them in that capacity anymore. And I think that is a fair and, um, uh, and healthy way to look at rejection. 
Yeah, I mean, we can't be appealing to absolutely everybody. It's like, right. you know, food. Like, not everyone likes the same food or not everyone likes the same kind of holidays or whatever. And that's nothing to do with that food. It's just you have your own likes and, you know, experiences and stuff. And that's absolutely fine. I yeah. wondered then about the longer term dating. So you said there, yeah, not ideal to break up with someone um, on a text if you're divorcing them. Not, not really the kindest thing to do. <laughs> but I think maybe some people you know again get scared to do that in person maybe they don't want to hurt the person I mean what was that rumor it was some celebrity who broke up with someone via fax if any of the young people listening know what a fax still oh, is wow but like not really the nicest thing yeah, in the world for sure yeah. I mean I think the ideal is always in person but that is that can also be um you know an ableist mindset that everyone is emotionally or physically able to do something in person. Um, it also presents issues on, you know, ability of not being able to do this in person. What if your whole relationship long-term has always been remote and you've been in a long distance relationship, right? So I think there's definitely is uh, a preference for in-person if it's something that you are able to do. Um, but I don't think the fear of asserting your boundaries and the fear of them being mad at you should ever outweigh your long-term well-being and discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is important to take that into account, even in a long-term thing. Now, I'm a massive like trash TV fan and I watch 90 Day Fiance and they break up with each other like every episode. You know, there's always <laughs> people and they're like, I'm done. That's it. That's it. I'm done. And it's like, it doesn't seem like the healthiest of relationships to be breaking up every like week or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot going on with with situations that we see in reality TV where the level of emotional intelligence is not usually exercised, Absolutely. nor does it seem <laughs> yeah. to be as entertaining to watch people who are emotionally mature. So uh, it's, a, it's a shame that we don't have, uh, you know, healthy breakups modeled for us more frequently. Definitely, definitely yeah because even you know like growing up like all the examples of breakups I had was like people who like would like burn all their exes clothes or like mm -hmm. trash their belongings mm -hmm. or like cut all the the sleeves off their suits or something like that was <laughs> right. considered like normal to do normal that. it was yeah. like oh hell has no fury like a woman scorned and it was like that's not okay regardless of gender but that seemed to be the model for breakups that I had which probably explains yeah. a lot <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the rage is real. Like this is someone that you have been emotionally and maybe physically intimate with for a period of time. There's a level of vulnerability that you've shared with them that you um, probably don't with others. And you felt either wronged or uncomfortable in a way big enough to want to separate from that relationship. So the rage is definitely real how we manage it is something that we can control. So I'm not saying you shouldn't feel that rage or that anger um, or that frustration, but I am saying we can control how we um, express it um, and how we communicate with the other person. So I think that's where the lack of education is because we're seeing so much in media that only tells us um, that the rage internally is therefore um, synonymous with how it should be externally expressed. Yeah, and you don't want a criminal record as part of your breakup. <laughs> it's, 
not a, not a good it's thing. It's already painful enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Criminal, criminal record would be difficult. Definitely not. Well, I think like some of that rage, obviously, yeah, especially if someone's breaking up with you or you're breaking up with them because there is like a betrayal or cheating or some kind of negative, horrible, hurtful thing. And I think, like you said, that rage is, is normal. But how do we move through that process? Like I, I recently wrote an advice column on this and I kind of said it's like bereavement of a sort. You're, you have to kind of grieve the loss of the relationship but maybe we don't think of it in terms like that so much definitely and i think there are constructive ways to um to, to grieve that doesn't harm another person that doesn't harm yourself um and doesn't harm the other people around you in your life and so you know i i know there's been an increase at least in new york city in the popularity of axe throwing <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, there are those like um, those those smash those smash centers where you can just like hit things and you're all in like covered protective gear. You have like noise canceling, you know, headphones and you just get all your rage out in a way that hurts no one except for the vase that you may have, you know, uh, hits with the, the mallets, whatever it is. <laughs> right. So I'm not saying that you have to repress, um, you know, every single way you want to express it, but there are ways to do it that, that don't harm other people. Mm, I think we, we could do it a few of those centers over here. I think <laughs> we could do quite well. Um, well, even like, with that sense of breakups and rage, I get that. But I think a lot of people might feel the breakup is like a sign of a failure of like, oh, the relationship didn't work out. And mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, society is very much tells us that we are a success if we date and then get married and we have 2.4 kids or whatever. And obviously that's changing a bit now, but there's still kind of that pressure of like, you're successful if you have done this. So to, mm -hmm. you know, or to maybe be a couple of times married, people are like, oh, that's a really bad thing. There's another wedding down the drain. So it feels like there's a sense of like personal sense of failure, but also societal judgment of you have failed as a person for breaking up with someone. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to, we need a culture shift and those scripts are being written for us. Um, that success only looks like one thing or one way. And it's way too narrow for the types of lives that can be fulfilling. So first and foremost, we got to shift that culture. Um, there's so many ways to be successfully happy and it does not live necessarily, um, you know, in the nuclear family units um, that is, has been like promoted to us. Um, so I think we have more representation as to like what different types of relationships look like and can be while being completely fulfilled. Um, but I also think in terms of failure, we are a society that fears failure. And I get it for obvious reasons why nobody wants to fail, but failure is also necessary to be able to progress as a human being. Personal growth comes with failure you really don't learn anything by only being successful. You have to make mistakes. You have to experience those mistakes. You have to experience those consequences. And sometimes those consequences hurt. Um, and so I think if you are the person that is breaking up with the other person, and if this is, let's say, a one-way street, you're recognizing something isn't working for you and you know you deserve to be in a relationship that serves you, uplifts you, affirms you, 
and it's not with this person or it's no longer with that person. That doesn't mean that you've failed by having a poor sense of judgment by initially dating them, because how else are you going to know, right? Like, don't knock it until you've tried it. And this is why dating is a thing. You date someone to assess whether or not they are aligned with you and work with you and your value set to then create a life together. And you find out, okay, it's not that person. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a a laboratory, you know, like we are trying to figure out what works, what's going to lead to success means first finding out what fails. And as you accrue these quote failed dating experiences, you actually learn a lot more about what your needs are. You learn a lot more about who you are, what you need, the type of things that um, make you happy and that fulfill you. And you also learn what not to maybe date again. So I think about failing with the word forward after it, fail forward. If we just say fail, it sounds fully negative, but if we add the word forward to fail, then it actually looks like something productive. And that's what failure should be um, really addressing is that failure can actually be really constructive and lead us to actual productivity in our own personal development. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it was like very inspirational. Um, It was a really great, great speech. But yeah, I think there's so much in that of like, you know, using it as an opportunity to reflect on what went wrong, what you could have improved as in like things like maybe communication skills, because like, you know, we always say in the podcast that we're not born with communication skills and in relation to relationships, they are learnt and over a, a rocky period of time sometimes for a lot of people. But I think that that's nice that opportunity for reflecting because hopefully it means then maybe the next person who comes along, it might be more of a, of a match rather than wasting your time and I air bunny quotes around that because it's not a waste of time as such but um I wonder when it comes to um like that moment of feeling like okay I want to break up with this person but then the person says you know maybe if they get really upset and they say no 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 I don't want to break up can we try again can we can we have one more shot and you almost feel like okay fine um I'll go along with that is that a a guaranteed recipe for disaster or is is there room for improvement in in that kind of you know scenario yeah assuming that everyone in this scenario is emotionally intelligent and they have presented their boundaries in a timely, you know, part of the relationship, not premature, not impulsive. Um, You know, they should absolutely entertain it if it's something they're comfortable with. I don't think that, you know, um, uh, that it's right away a recipe for disaster. I think it involves an individual assessment as to whether or not it's something you've already tried and they're offering the same thing as before. Um, But if you're, if you're at a place where you, you know, the door has already closed or you already, you know, mentally checked out of the relationship prior, then it's worth telling them, I, I see that you're trying to fight for this relationship and that's really encouraging to know how you feel about me and your faith in us. But I have already made that investment and felt um, 
denied of the success that you and I would have together. So I'm already at a place that it wouldn't make sense. Or option B, huh, I haven't even, we haven't tried that yet. Or that's something new. Um, Okay, well, I'm reopening the idea that maybe we could work should what you're proposing actually um, work out for us. Yeah, let's try it out. Right. But I mean, I can't say that there's a formula for give them X number of chances before it's really a deal breaker. It's really individual. It's very subjective. Um, But what I do know is listening to your gut is very much a part of how we have evolved as humans and is still very um, true to what our convictions are of what is right and wrong for our bodies and ourselves. So if that question is, you know, posed or that proposal is posed, I think it's um, only something that you can decide for yourself as this feels right, this feels worth doing. But if you feel like I'm feeling pressured to, I'm feeling guilted into it, I'm feeling obligated to, or it would just be easier to give in, those are all not ways that you are consensually agreeing to uh, trying this, you know, next method. Yeah, it feels like you're just kicking the can down the road for further hurt. Like if you're not breaking up with someone because you don't want to hurt them, like it's gonna hurt them more almost down the line or the same amount. It's just kind of stretching it out even more it feels like you're dangling a carrot on a stick of like oh maybe maybe I'll fall back in love with you and it's just not gonna happen so it's it's not a nice thing to do to someone but we have to look after ourselves and and be in relationships like you said that you know fulfill us in in that sense and I wonder like I know uh, I already know your answer to this because I I know (laughs) where you'll come from but I, I see a lot of stuff of um there's set timelines for recovering from breakups you know and it was it's like a mathematical formula um, and it's like if the relationship was two years then it takes one year to get over it if it was six years so it's like whatever half the time of the relationship and it's like what are you meant to say like have you been with someone for 10 years are you meant to spend five years grieving the relationship like that's not going to work for many Mm -hmm. people and I I find it kind of absurd to try and apply maths to human behavior like that in some senses so I know you're going to tell me no um maths do not work in this kind of particular scenario uh yes you are correct (laughs) I um I, I think that it is really different for everyone because everyone heals differently. So it could be that you're in a relationship for 10 years and it takes you five years to, you know, recover or move, move forward. Um, but at the same time, you know, I can't say that if there are 10, if there are 10 people who are in 10 year long relationships, it's all going to be um, only five years for them um, because we have to be really intentional about how we heal. And um, when anyone is healing, they may do it in a way that feels um, like it gives them short-term gratification, or they may be healing in a way that gives them long-term gratification. And um, I think because of the amount of pain and trauma that may have come from um, a relationship, either being the dumper or the dumpy, Um, It hurts. Like I said earlier, right? I mean, this is, you've invested time and very deep 
time with one other human being um, or in a relationship of multiple human beings in a group, whatever it is, and that you are no longer a part of. And um, I think it depends on how you are spending your time after that, that leads to recovery. Um, you may be a part of a recovery process that is re-triggering things that hurt you in that relationship. Um, and that's going to, you know, either be regressive or just stall your progress. Um, you might be intentionally healing in a way that is completely averse of any of those triggers. And that's why yours is expedited. Um, or you might be actually finding things that are um, enriching in your, you know, healing because it's new things you've never tried before or something else, you know, uh, has just overwhelmed you with such goodness that you haven't had. And that also can expedite healing. So I don't know where or who came up with the half the amount of time as the formula. Maybe that's an average, but I mean, when it comes to averages and dating, I think there's way too many variables to even use an average mm, uh, yeah, because of sure. how subjective the experience is. Yeah. And even if you, you know, maybe you had an, a relatively easy breakup, but actually it's probably triggered other relationship experiences or mm -hmm. other traumas or something. So you're not really, maybe you didn't actually heal from those. And now your right. body is like, okay, we need to like deal with this now. And you're going, Oh, I, I don't know why I'm so upset. Like it was a nice, easy breakup. We're still friends. And, you, right. you know, our body keeps a score of all the other um, experiences beforehand of that. So and I think also it's important to note that some people are checked out of a relationship long before the breakup mm -hmm. actually happens. So, right. you know, it mightn't be too much of a a big deal because they probably already grieving while they're in the relationship and they've they've kind of moved yeah. on that way um I want to talk about the, the idea as well of um get the the relationship philosophy of getting over somebody by getting under somebody new or mm. on top or sideways or whichever way <laughs> you are having your rebound fling what is your thought on that because some some people again it's it's like we're, it's like a guaranteed method and for others it's like no you should remain celibate while you're recovering and again it's it's going to be different for everybody yeah i mean it is going to be different for everybody there's no absolute formula that's going to work for every single person and i think this is a good time to you know mention the distinction between romantic relationships and sexual relationships we're talking about a breakup from a romantic relationship that also had sexual activity. I can understand how for some people healing means being sexually satisfied without also being romantically tied to that person. So it could be that someone ends a relationship um, and ends up being physically active soon after with other people that doesn't mean that they're getting over the person that dumped them or that they dumped um, uh, by all of a sudden now dating this new person. They're just having sex with that person. And um, many people can also conflate that and confuse their um, sexual activity with that person with now you know, any romanticism, and that can be complicated. But I do think there are people who actually can compartmentalize the two. Um, and so I think some people are actually able to get over an ex by 
getting under someone else or <laughs> sideways or whatever, right? Um, I also think that some people are not yet um, able to compartmentalize things in a way that keeps them safe and protects them. Um, because as you had mentioned a little bit earlier, if you move right on to a next the next relationship without first healing from what that relationship may have done or done to you, you may be carrying over that baggage now to become somebody else's baggage. And so I, I really respect the single on purpose, you know, mentality um, that uh, therapist John Kim, um, you know, really promotes because there is really um, a pause that can be really healing. Um, and sometimes you need to heal from a relationship by just being on your own and taking care of yourself. Um, other people want to just replace it by putting something else, um, you know, on top of it, but that doesn't mean that it's gone. You're just masking the, the pain and trauma. You're not actually healing from it. And so it ends up actually compounding for a lot of people in the next relationship that they may quickly jump into. Mm, I think that's very, very common as well for a lot of people who haven't um, perhaps named their relationships as abusive relationships mm -hmm. or they haven't ever mm -hmm. had healthy role models or, or an understanding of what a healthy relationship is. So you're carrying around all this trauma that you haven't identified as trauma because you haven't yeah. had that education or, you know, a, Done a the million. Work. Yeah, absolutely. Like a million different reasons. So it could get to the point where like, your body is just like, stop, I, I now have to deal with like 20 years of breakups and, and stuff like that. And yeah. that that seems like a scary process for a lot of people, because if you're reviewing your dating history, sometimes that can be a very difficult thing to have a look at. Definitely, definitely. I, I think a lot of people are scared of looking inside in that way. Um, but again, you know, just like when we're talking about short-term and long-term gratification, um, it might be short-term really painful for you to, have to unpack that and heal from that and unlearn from that. But then the long-term, it's going to really enrich your relationships and allow goodness to re-enter your body. Which is a fantastic thing to look forward to. It, make, it makes the yeah. work worthwhile, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, and you, you've talked there a bit about the different kinds of relationships between romantic and, and sexual, but I think we also have to talk about like friendship breakups. I think mm -hmm. they can almost be more devastating sometimes than a, a romantic relationship because we kind of like view our friends a lot of the time as like friends for life. And that's not always the case. People come yeah. and go in our lives for lots of different reasons. Um, yeah. But break, knowing when to break up with a friend, is that, is it more complicated than a partner? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have an absolute answer to this, but based on my followers, yes. Okay. Um, I have been getting a lot of DMs with requests to help them break up with a friend. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with having either, you know, family ties, you've known them since childhood, they know so much about your life. Um, and they may feel that the stakes are um, seem, seem lower because they're not, it's not someone they're dating but the stakes feel higher in, in the time that the person's been around in their life. So it totally makes sense why it would be more complicated. Um, 
But I think in the same vein, you know, if something is not serving you anymore, why are you settling? And, you know, having, you know, this, this, uh, this relationship taint your every day um, or bring you down even. Um, so what I will say is what I do in a lot of my consent education, if it's something as like that could be as small as, you know, saying no to brunch when they have invited you out, but you don't want to say that it's because you don't want to hang out with them. You, um, so you instead try to just make up something like, oh, I'm already booked because I'm doing this instead, right? Then we're one, being dishonest in our friendship. Um, but it also means that, you know, we have to introspect why are we uncomfortable being fully honest with someone who is supposedly our friend? Um, what are we protecting them from? And so uh, one of my... Um, very close friends says, my boundaries are not meant to offend you. They are meant to honor me. And I would say that when it comes to true friends, true friends want you to honor yourself, even if it means that they don't get to benefit at that moment. So I'll say this with my students, like, it doesn't sound like that's a real friend or a true friend. If you can't be really raw and honest with them. And so it might be, you know, like can't do brunch um, uh, because, you know, I got a lot of other things on my plate. Like it doesn't sound like brunch is even going to be fun if you have a lot of things on your plate hanging over your head while you're eating, you know, an eggs benedict. Mm -hmm. So already the pleasure is going to be diminished when you are doing something that you don't actually want to be doing or you're not fully present, right? It's like if you are on a conversation with someone and they're on their phone the whole time. They're clearly preoccupied and maybe for a good reason. So it would be better, like, look, if you were too busy, then we shouldn't have hung out today. And you could have just told me that so that we could hang out at a time where we could both really be present for each other. That's a simple boundary they can say where, you know, um, I'm really swamped today, but can we schedule for next week? Right. So that's like not a friend breakup, but a friend boundary that you might be making in time spent with them. Yeah, when it yeah. comes to like ending a friendship with someone, it's really just an amplified version of that where it's like, look, when I'm with you, I don't feel great about myself. And that says something about what we have become as a pair where when we were younger, we had a lot more alignment in our values. And it sounds, and it feels like we've kind of grown apart in a way that doesn't allow us to have that same happiness that we did when we were in seventh grade, you know? Um, and I want you to be free of any of that burden or that obligation um, because I can leave this friendship with respect and of a uh, fond memory of what we have had. And I'd rather leave it at that than perpetuating time with each other that seems like a burden. I don't want to, you know, think of my friendship with you as a burden. I want to think of it as like a really great time that I had with somebody that was really great at that time. Yeah, I think that's a very healthy way of looking at things because it's like you know yeah people do grow and, and change and I think the pandemic has you know changed a lot of people's friendships and maybe we realize actually I'm not really as close as that person that we haven't texted in months you know and then mm -hmm. um well part of that is relatively normal because it's a pandemic we're all in our own heads and everything else but it shows that if, if we're not putting the effort in 
kind of speaks volumes that we're not really valuing the friendship like we're not being super keen to save it in that sense and right. I think it, it's healthy and I think it's um you know if, if you're a teenager you probably would go on holiday with like 20 30 people you know to celebrate exam results or something but as you age you probably find yourself with a few close friends and a lot of acquaintances and that's really normal and you know our time as we get older gets filled with lots more boring things and going on holidays all the time unfortunately so yeah that's kind of nice to remember so, so we've covered all that and, and everything you're saying sounds really fantastic. And I wish like we we were taught this in school. It would, it's just it's a life skill and relationship mm-hmm. skill that we all absolutely need. But so how, you know, Irish people particularly have been quite notorious and not having the confidence to really kind of address feelings and have these open, honest conversations. And there's no judgment in that. That's just what our society has unfortunately been like. But everything you're saying is fantastic about oh it's not serving your wellness and that's absolutely fantastic but I can see a lot of people not feeling confident enough to be able to say things like that or to verbalize it and that's where ghosting and stuff comes in that it's it's too hard to say that so they just kind of run away instead so how do people just get more confident about being open and honest and kind both to yourself Mm -hmm. and the person that you're breaking up with use a template. That's how I uh, came up with, uh, with this Instagram account. Um, a lot of people say, but I just don't know how. And I know for me, when I don't know how to do something, I like to see an example of how someone else has done it. Um, and kind of seeing an outline or, you know, a, a template of what something can look like or sound like gives me an idea of like, oh, okay, I'm kind of seeing the structure here, or I'm seeing what that content can look like, content can look like. And um, that's something I can do. It seems a little bit more achievable when you, when someone's already done it for you. Um, And so I think that first, even just reading through what templates um, are out there on how to do something, um, it's, it's like a YouTube tutorial, right? You like, all right, I've, I've never, you know, built a shelf before, but somebody else has, let's see how they did it. And then you figure out, oh, well, I have a different type of wood available to me, so I can use it this way. And I don't really like the color they use. So I would do it this way. And that's how you customize it to your own language and tone. But I think using a template has really helped a lot of my followers because of that same fear and anxiety of like, I want to, but I don't know how to. And, you know, I kind of give them the A plus B equals C, you fill in what font A is and what B's font is and what C's font um, is. Um, And it allows them to, um, one, just know that this stuff is out there. They're not the only person rejecting another person. So that's its own affirmation and validation. Um, And then they can use a template and say, oh, that works in my situation. I'm going to take that sentence and then that fourth sentence and then that ninth sentence and then I'm going to use it for my three sentences. Um, so I think templates help a lot to put for putting this in practice. Um, and when you if you are verbalizing it in person or over the phone or on a you know video call, I think it's really humanizing to start by saying, hey, I have something I want to tell you that's hard for me to tell you. And it right away sets the tone for, okay, this is a different conversation than our typical and that you are being vulnerable and really taking a risk here. 
but you're also doing it because it's in service of two people. One thing it's not serve one person that it's not serving and informing the other person about the role they play in their life. Mm -hmm. And so I think humanizing it with that, you know, preface right off the bat about the emotion you're feeling before engaging in it um, is a really profound step one in the delivery. Um, and also making sure that it's not something that you necessarily casually just bring up like, Hey, can we talk later today? So that that other person has set aside, you know, dedicated present time to, to really be there to listen and understand. Um, and not, you know, it's just like some thing that gets passed by casually, um, that shouldn't be regarded as important. Mm. I think that that makes a lot of sense because, you know, even if we're trying to figure out oh, how do we call out sexual harassment or how do we, you know, protect someone who's been abused in public, you know, having the a little script about, oh, this is what you could say or do really does help people because a lot of people do want to do the right thing, but they just don't know the words for it. And I find that right. that's really helpful or, um, you know, saying, oh, how do I ask for consent? Like having like little examples of, yeah. hey, I really want to go down on you. Like that's asking for consent as well. And also good communication for a good time mm -hmm. also. Um, but yeah, I really like that idea because, and like you said, like, yeah, the YouTube video is great. Like to have a template because we have like makeup tutorials. Mm -hmm. Why can't we have breakup tutorials? Mm -hmm. Like that mm -hmm. would be a really healthy thing to learn how to do it because we're all going to do it. You know, we're not going to, escape it unless we never ever ever date um and even then we might break up with friends so i think that would be a lovely society to live in where we valued <laughs> um education around this and stuff yeah. so so yeah so, so tell us just before we finish a little bit more about your instagram account which is goodbyes so that's at underscore good dot b-y-e-s underscore on instagram Yes, you can find me on uh, that Instagram account and DM me with any personal requests that you have on um, a text message that you are avoiding to send, press send on. Uh, you could also peruse all of the ones that are already up there on the grid. Those all came from uh, personalized customizations of people asking for help. Um, and they're all categorized um, and color coded so that um, if you are looking for ones that have to do with a deal breaker that you discover or a misalignment in maybe COVID practices or um, in wanting to do it in a way that's nice, but there just isn't any chemistry, then you go to the no chemistry category. Um, so it's all up there and that's how you can get in touch with me and uh, also learn more about what I do outside of writing rejections and breakups is on my website, justinefonte.com. Fantastic, fantastic. D definitely, it's it's great to have you out there doing this resource because yeah, we have a lot of sex educators, but not so much content about breakups. It's more about orgasms and stuff. We need the breakup <laughs> part as well. So I'm really- Which we still great. need. More education yeah. on orgasms, but also on breakups. The more yes. the merrier. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm very grateful for your work out there in the world. So thanks, Emil Justine. Um, and you are at Justine Fonte. So that's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-F-O-N-T-E dot -E com. And we'll put that in, in the show notes as well. So listen, Justine, thanks, Emil, for chatting to me today. Thanks for having me. Hey.
and I'd encourage all my listeners to pop over to Justine's profile because again you know we're all on a learning process here and we can all learn how to have a little bit more of a healthier breakup and I'll chat to you next week.